It's ball talk. It's ball talk, baby. 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 Hello and welcome to the Ball Talk podcast. It is currently 11:45 a.m. Saturday, May 8th. I'm your host, John Sock, and as always, I'm joined by my main man, Chaz Jurgens. You know who it is. And today, we're blessed to have my great friend, Australia's finest and current IMG postgrad National Guard, Oscar Berry. Oscar, how are you doing, my man? Good, good. Thanks for that intro, man. That was beautiful. Of course, man. Anything for you. And for all the <laughs> listeners, me and Oscar go way back to my time at IMG, as I have with most of our recent guests, honestly. Uh, Oscar was a sophomore while I was on the postgrad team. Our teams practiced at the same time because IMG has a thousand courts and a thousand squat racks. So we would practice at the same time and then we would lift at the same time. So we always were hanging out like after practice at during between lifts, after lifts, all that stuff. Uh, a lot of time at the trainers hanging out with Ben together. Uh, and now Oscar's on the postgrad national team and is close to making his college decisions. We figured it was a great time to get him on, talk about that, talk about IMG, talk about Australia, everything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, Oscar, let's kick this off. Your whole family is basically super athletes. I remember yeah. the first time you told me at IMG, I just sat there with my jaw agape. A I could not understand just the immense amount of success in athletics that your family has had. Can you please regale us with all the details? Regale the yeah. viewers with the details. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I think we've got to start with the, with the old man, my dad. Um, so he was a uh, uh, he played Australian football for most of his life. Um, so that's the national sport in Australia. If you if you get some spare time, definitely look it up. Definitely <laughs> a sport that's very wild. Um, so yeah, he he has a great legendary career. Um, he he was, he was also a legendary coach in that sport um, at the semi professional level. Um, he's he's like in the Hall of Fame for his club team um so yeah he's he's very well respected in the australian football world and then um after that he got his phd in uh sports science so um our whole family just knows all about the human body and how, how <laughs> the sports science can affect uh your sporting ability and then that's probably why why um my brothers have taken uh, when when they they went to college, they take uh, degrees and say like bodily science or like physiotherapy. Um, and that also goes back to my grandpa as well, who was a, uh, a boxing coach. Um, very well respected. He, he has his own boxing gym named after him in Australia. And uh, <laughs> he, he also, um, yeah, coached up a lot of grassroots uh, boxers in Australia who, who got onto the professional level. Um, and being a boxing coach, he, he definitely implemented the, the discipline in my family to, um, to have that, mm. to have that drive almost to, to become successful in sports. I'm, I'm going to go on record really quick and say, I had no idea about his father or his grandfather. I only knew about his brothers. <laughs> I, I am as shocked as the listeners are right now. <laughs> They're only going to get more shocked when they hear about the rest of the family. I'm sorry, oh, yeah, Oscar. Yeah. I had to put that out there. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we'll, we'll go down the list of my brothers now. Um, so, so since my dad was obviously so um, so legendary in the uh, Australian football scene, we all played Australian football growing up. Uh, that was all our all three of our main sports. Um, 
So I have three older brothers. My oldest brother played Australian football growing all the way up. And then he was in the, like the pathway to get to the, the next level. But um, he, he almost decided that his, his body type wasn't really prepared for the Australian football life. Um, like he, he was like a six, four, six, five string bean, like super skinny. Um, and in Australian football, that's, that's full contact that he's going to get messed up. <laughs> um, but then, uh, he did, he did find that he had a, he had a huge kick, um, or punting as the North Americans like to say. Um, so one day, um, this guy looked at him and he said, yeah, like, have you ever tried, um, punting for like an American football style? Cause like it, it kicks huge. Um, so he went with it. Um, he played for like a local Australian football club, uh, American football club in Australia and American football unheard of in Australia. Like barely, <laughs> barely anyone knows the rules. Um, the only time people will watch it is at like Super Bowl. Uh, it's, the, it's the only time you'll ever watch it. Um, so he, he played for like the local American football club and then he was good enough to get picked up by the state team. Um, and then the state team, he also, he played for Australia then. Um, and they, they do an exhibition game, Australia versus New Zealand. Um, and from there, he actually got offered a division one scholarship to play American football at Eastern Kentucky University. Um, and basically that's where his American experience started, played four years at Eastern Kentucky. Um, he, he enjoyed that a lot, made <laughs> lifelong friends and stuff like that. Um, and then one year out of college, he wasn't, he wasn't lucky enough to get a, a um, picked up by any NFL team. So he came back to Australia for a year. And um, I love telling this story because that year was, was quite hard for him. He was working like the graveyard at McDonald's for, for an entire year. Um, working on like minimum wage um he would sometimes work at the farmer's market to get e extra pay um i know for the last three months he was at he was at a call center for like the train for the train station or something um so yeah but he was he was always um like training for punting um and then yeah where do i go from here he, he used to like post his like punting mixtapes uh, like youtube and stuff just just anyone who wanted to watch he, he would just throw it out there and he was lucky enough to actually get a tryout with uh the pittsburgh steelers mm -hmm. um so he went over there and the punter for the steelers at the time was brad wing who was a um another uh australian punter so yeah he um he mixed in well for the summer camp but obviously there can only be one punter because nfl teams don't really want to hold on to that position too much right nowadays <laughs> yeah um but yeah yeah he actually won the spot for the pittsburgh steelers and um he's had a really good rewarding career with them now and uh he's going on to six years with the steelers and uh he's just yeah he's just signed on for another year so he, he's doing well for himself <laughs> yeah, he, uh, i love how casually you describe and now he's just having a career with the steelers <laughs> <laughs> oh i could yeah there's so many stories i can tell because um being uh, i've two at the time when my brother was in the nfl for those six years my two other brothers lived in australia so i was one of the only brothers who actually lived in the us so i got to see him more than my other two brothers and 
he would take me to like the Steelers facility to lift weights and like sit mm. on the sidelines and just watch training. So like, I, um, I got to see heaps of few things. I got to see Juju get drafted. I saw the AB and Le'Veon era. Um, so awesome. Yeah, one of my favorite stories to tell was um, Alejandro Villanueva, who's uh, the left tackle for the Steelers. Um, mm-hmm. Something ridiculous, what, 6'11", like 350 pounds or Huge. something. Huge, dude. Huge. <laughs> so my, my brother's in the squat racks and he, he's doing his, like, his squats. He's got like two 45-pound plates on each side. Just like your, your normal squatting rack. Mm-hmm. And he goes, all right, wait here. I'm going to go get some waters. I'll be right back. And he walks away and um, I'm probably 14 at the time. So I'm still pretty fresh faced. I'm nervous as, <laughs> as ever could be. I'm sitting down and um, Alejandro comes over and he, he just looks at me, takes takes the weights off the rack and starts curling them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting there like, no, like I can't even get that off the rack. I'm not even... <laughs> And then he, put, he puts it back on there. He just does a little shh to me and it, and it walks away. And I'm just, oh my God, I couldn't believe it. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Just absolutely insane. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, so, so many stories. And um, yeah, I'm obviously very thank- thankful to have a, an older brother like that to, um, to like almost aspire to, to become that level. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll move on to my... Um, second brother who's in sports uh, his name's Wilson so he also played Australian football growing up um, he was a bit more dedicated to it than um, say me or the oldest brother so he stuck with it for a long time um, he was in the, the youth program um, which is like the build up to get to um, like the semi-professional level because in in australia we don't have the college sports system it's kind mm-hmm. of just like you play junior sports and then you go straight to the league um there's no like in between grace period um so he played in the youth the youth like elite league which was like the top it's called mm-hmm. the well, at the time it was called the tac cup league which is like the elite junior league um and then from there he got picked up by Essendon Football Club, which is a, um, it's a professional team, but they also have a semi-professional team. And he spent most of his time playing for the semi-professional team for four years. Um, but then he, he really wanted to stick with it. But um, I think just some of, some of the opportunities that were, the, weren't presenting them him, uh, themselves, uh, he, he kind of, um, switched his mindset and said, I'll, I'll also give punting a try. Um, so he, he did a year of training uh, for punting. And then um, just this year, actually, uh, he's committed to Kentucky University for football. Nice. Yeah, so he's going to be a, a freshman this year for the Kentucky football team. Um, and he's definitely enjoying that experience now. He's, uh, he's in the spring camp, in the, um, the summer camp. What a, I'm not sure what it's called. But, um, <laughs> wait, wait, yeah. really quick. And how much older is he than you? He's 22. He's 22. And you're 19? Yeah, I'm 19. Correct. Okay, so he's three years older than you, and you'll both be freshmen at the same time. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he's getting ready to play his freshman year. Um, he, he's definitely very excited to do that. Um, and that's just mm-hmm. a, another brother to um, – 
to look up to basically <laughs> so you and you never decided and you never and you're seeing both your brothers as awesome kickers and you're never like huh maybe i should maybe i should start punting maybe i should <laughs> i mean it's, it's always in the back of the head uh, <laughs> i know i've got a leg on me so i, I can definitely <laughs> definitely boot a few balls but um yeah it's always been basketball for me so um that's always the uh the first priority but you never know. There's always the backup plan. <laughs> backup plan. Let me just put, let me just backup plan. Let me just become a punter. <laughs> like everyone else in my family. Cause apparently we're genetically built for this. So yeah. I got to ask, so why basketball when none of your brothers play the sport? So mm. it, it starts from the very beginning. Whenever, when we're all growing up playing Australian football, right? I was, um, I was six years old at the time. And Australian football was deemed too dangerous for, for these young kids to play. <laughs> uh, so I wasn't allowed to participate in Australian football. So obviously I got I got uh, these three older brothers who are, who are all playing their sport, and I'm like, little little me just just trying to get in the just trying to get involved. I just want to play something. So my brother played in like um, a domestic basketball league, which is like your equivalent to like the Y here. <laughs> um just for fun he it was like playing with friends so um through that i would i, would, I was like shooting at halftime ended up re really liking it and mm -hmm. they actually let you play when you're, you're six years old so, <laughs> yeah I, 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 yeah so i played um basketball and australian football um growing up um so dual sport athlete um mm -hmm. for most of my life and then um yeah eventually just just stuck with basketball because um just enjoyed it just a little bit more <laughs> I, I was gonna say because i've watched some aussie rules football in my time and it, it is a very physical sport was there anything about you that was like pushed away from the contact or was it really just they told you you weren't allowed to play so you, you started playing basketball a little bit more um nothing really pushed me away from australian football um i when i was younger i developed um a bit faster than some of the other kids because um you play by age group and um i was born like january 4th which is very very start of the year so i was always um one of the bigger kids on the field so if, if anyone was doing physical contact it was me <laughs> um, but uh basketball also helped um because australian football like super physical so a lot of people don't really work on that agility aspect so mm -hmm you got the biggest kid on the field who's also breaking ankles on the field because no, no one can uh, handle the agility either. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I really enjoyed Australian football when, when I, I was, had the opportunity mm -hmm. to play it every week. Your, your whole family is basically super successful in sports. They've, I mean, mostly in kicking, <laughs> big, yeah. big kick family. How, how has that helped push you to have that experience of, I mean, you were 14 getting to, work out at the Steelers facility. I mean, obviously when you're 14, you're not throwing around the heavy weights, but yeah. you're still getting that experience of getting to watch all the, all these top athletes all the time, getting to be involved with all these athletics. And talk mm -hmm. to us about that. Like how, how did that help push you? Well, um, a lot of people when they, when they hear, um, these, like these stories or these, um, how successful my brothers are, a lot of people think there's like a lot of expectations on me um but i don't i don't really feel that at all um my parents and my brothers do a great job at just um supporting me for what i want to do 
Um, I wouldn't really call it expectations. I'd really call it just just straight support. Um, and when you talk about support systems, especially with all the connections they have, um, yeah, my, my support system's probably be better than most people's. Um, so just just having them around, having them to, to talk to, obviously they've done everything that prior to what I'm about to do with the, with the college system, they've, they've had the opportunity to pick what school they go to. Um, so yeah, they, just their wisdom and their experience just really helps um, guide what, what I want to do in the future. So you talk about how, how they've kind of set this mold going to college and all that. But you're the only one that's gone to America for prep school. What what made you take that different approach? And yeah, what made you take that different approach coming to America to play ball? Yeah, so at the time, um, my oldest brother Jordan, uh, he was he was with the Steelers, and he was the only one living in the U.S. Um, the rest of the family was still in Australia. But then um, my my dad with his with his PhD, obviously in sports science, he um, he applied for the, the head sports science job at um, IMG. Mm -hmm. And um, he actually got, he, he got accepted. Um, he got offered the job, but before he took it, it was like, it was like a family decision. Like, cause obviously if, if I take it, I'm leaving my, my home country going to USA during my high school years. Um, uh, I would have to give up Australian football, which was like one of my two loves um and then but when you look at the benefits of it um basketball in australia is like very good but the exposure it just just isn't there compared to the us mm. um so it, it was a very like family driven decision to move um so me and my two parents moved to img together as a group and um so the opportunities in basketball were just just too much to uh to just say no to um and then yeah I've, I've enjoyed the four years that i've spent here um obviously if i didn't i, I wouldn't be here for four years <laughs> um hmm. so yeah it, it, it's been an experience that not many people say they have so i'm very very thankful for it um especially being in a foreign country, especially at ING when there's so many foreign people there. Um, you, get, you get to experience so many different cultures, so many different people, so many different walks of life. And yeah, it's just a great environment to be around. Can you take For us sure. a little bit through that experience at IMG, especially with those first few years? Did, did you know what you were signing up for when you showed up here? No, I, definitely not. Um, <laughs> So how my dad sold me on IMG was basically, he showed me that like two YouTube videos and <laughs> like, uh, it was like, all right, this is IMG. Like, are you interested at all? <laughs> See, most, most kids like they take a visit before they come here or they do like a summer camp um, or even just like talk to one of the coaches. I was basically just thrown in the deep end and be like, no swim. um, and I turned up actually during um, one of the hurricanes. I forgot which hurricane it was. Yeah, called. it was. Um, I think it was Harvey. No, it was Irma. Yeah. Irma. 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 Was Harvey Irma. was Harvey was the same year, but Irma Irma hit while we were there. Yeah. So I actually had trouble getting my visa. Uh, 
to come to the US. So I, I was coming into school like two months late. And then when we finally got the visa, that's when Irma hit. Uh, I wasn't, I couldn't come for another four weeks. Um, so I came during November, which is like nearing the end of the first semester. So basically I've, I've, I've had the whole online experience before anyone else this year. <laughs> um, yeah, but, ready. yeah, exactly. And it, it was, it was hard, um, for the first week or so for sure, because obviously people, people know each other by now. Um, they're in the rhythm of school. They're in the rhythm of the, the, the basketball life at IMG. And I was mm. kind of just, um, I, want, I don't want to say I was thrown in there, but I had a point to prove almost like, mm. um, so the sophomore year was good. It was definitely a good introduction year. Um, at the time IMG's basketball program was, um, like just building up, like the year before was Trayvon Devel, which is, mm. I think what put IMG really big on the map. Mm. Um, and then obviously the year after that, um, we had like Josh Green come, um, Jamias Ramsey, Silvio, and mm. Anthony Simmons really started the, uh, the post-grad, the post-grad scene. So being a sophomore and, um, like getting to see the varsity aspect and the post-grad aspect of IMG. It was, it was definitely a great introduction year. Um, and then the junior year, that's when start things started to roll. Um, had a really good team that year. Um, I believe if IMG was allowed to go for a state championship, I think we, we would have won it. <laughs> I, I think Unless you guys would win every state championship. Yeah. If we're going to be real. <laughs> I, every have to play the national team, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that the JV team could win a, could win a state championship yeah, at yeah, IMG. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that, that team was super good. We had like Eric Daly, who's obviously um, a four-star now, uh, super good. We had Mark I. Strickland, who's at St. Louis right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Zach Eady, who, who was on the all freshman team this year for Purdue. Um, Big fella. He was a yeah, huge great. guy. <laughs> <laughs> like 7'4". Like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then we, we also have um, Jacob Ray, who, who's uh, at St. Thomas in Miami right now. What, uh, wait, just sorry. Just what is he doing? Is he playing volleyball now or something? So, yeah, he, he's, play, he's still playing for St. Thomas. But then during the offseason, he's playing volleyball. Well, that's so sick. Good for him. Sorry. I, just, I, I, yeah. I, I've been meaning to ask someone about that for a long time. That's awesome. Good for him. Yeah, no, he, he's living life. He, he, he's doing good. I, um, I don't know anyone who looks like they're enjoying life more than he is. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So th- yeah, that team was, was super good. Um, it was definitely a great experience for me because that was my first, um, true, true experience with varsity basketball in the U S. Um, because definitely coming from Australia, it was more a fundamental driven um, basketball system. Obviously, we, we don't have crazy athletes back in Australia. Like our great <laughs> athlete is Matthew Delavadova. Um, <laughs> hey, we love Delavadova. On this oh, we podcast, we're big Delavadova people. <laughs> we love Delhi. Uh, yeah, so obviously it's a very defensive orientated um, system. A lot of plays, um, even just in juniors, like in under 12s, we would have um, like 30 to 40 different sets. Um, but then you come to the US and then it's basically just 
one on one, baby. It's like you can't guard me, or I'm going to the hoop. And so, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely had to uh, adapt a little bit to that. Um, definitely had to work on my one on one game. Had to work on my one on one defensive skills. Um, but yeah, it was a definitely a, a huge year for me um, in my development role. Um, had a great coach that year in Bobby Jordan, who's um, now the assistant at Wagner. Um, super, super great guy, um, mm-hmm. enthusiastic. Um, he, yeah, he, he, he was really like, just gave us the tools to, to do what we wanted to do to become the best players that we could. Um, so those first two years at IMG were, were very good for me. It was, it was a great introduction to what life in the U.S. was, what sport in the U.S. was, um, and what school was. Yeah, because so, obviously student comes before athlete. Um, so you you got to get those. Is that like their tagline? Is <laughs> How many times did we hear that one when we were there? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They're just trying to sell it all the time. <laughs> so, yes, your studies matter. No, I'm kidding. IMG studies do matter. But... <laughs> mm. they, they do a good job. They do, really, they do it for, for, for yeah. what they could be. They do mm. an amazing job on the education side from my absolutely. one year of experience. I'll absolutely. vouch, vouch hard. Because, yeah, obviously everyone there has got the same goal of getting to the next level in their sport. Um, so the teachers, do, yeah, they, they do a great job supporting the students um, to, to keep up with the work that they're given. Um, and coming from Australia who, like, who are really pinned down academics, who the academics are almost overwhelming at times, um, it was a very easy change for me. So... <laughs> Definitely enjoyed my my, my uh, years of schooling that I did. Mm-hmm. We we've spoken to to Josh Ozapor and Eric Daly, who both also spent many many years at IMG. Like, can you talk about taking advantage sort of of being able to spend so long at a facility like that, and what it's like to to be at a place like IMG, especially coming from a family that that's so sports oriented and so successful in sports? Just how you could take advantage of of all the facilities available to you and the staff and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before actually going to IMG, I went to a sports academy in Australia, um, which was Maribyrnong Sports Academy, which was a great program, great school. But um, I've also seen like all the professional facilities that my brothers have been to. I've taken countless tours of different facilities as well. Um, but it's hard to say that anything compares to IMG in the amount of amount of facilities that have the amount of staff available um just img if you need it they have it um or or they can get it for you um so it's always having whatever you need at the tips of your fingers it's definitely something that you can't take for granted um you mentioned um josh ozabur before and i think he's a great example of it he's he's one of the hardest workers i've ever seen in my life um (laughs) He, he, he definitely took everything he could from IMG and yeah, um, that man is, is unbelievable in, in what he did, um, day in and day out and just having people like that, um, around you, um, mm. is another resource that IMG provides. Um, just having people like, like-minded as you who, who want to get to that next level and, um, yeah. IMG is just a great place to be. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Love IMG here. Uh, so you, 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 your senior season came as uh, came to a, to an early end because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and like many athletes who had the opportunity, who had the choice, you took a post grad year. Um, I imagine there was more factors to it. We can go over that a little later, but I want to talk about your experience during this post grad year. Uh, how how what did you expect? How has it been? Are you take are you taking classes? Do you have to take classes? I know it's a little I know the rules on what constitutes being a PG are really <laughs> yeah. weird. So there's a lot of like loopholes where you can take like one class or like no classes. Yeah, yeah. So senior year, um I was it was me, Harvey Escara, who's um committed to Wagner right now, and um Cam Morris, who's um who's playing at a JUCO right now. Um, we were like the big three of that team. Um, so we, we had a really good senior season. Um, all three of us produced um, great numbers all year. Um, and it was, it was kind of sad having COVID cut it short because obviously you had such a great season. You're expecting like um, some opportunities to, to come arise um, for the next year. And, um, but then obviously COVID cut it short, recruiting died. Um, I think I was, I was offered probably like five or six walk-on spots. Um, but, um, obviously like when you, when you have a senior season that impactful, you don't really, um, want to, want to, want to take that. Um, cause I, like personally, I, I thought I was, um, was able to get to the next level on scholarship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the postgrad route was was the route I took. Um, had prior meetings to the year with uh, the head coach, um, Chad Myers, who's a great coach, um, great guy, keeps of knowledge. Um, so um, he basically said that if he took the postgrad route, um, it would be a great development year for me. Um, not only, like not only basketball wise, but physically, because I I wouldn't be the the star obviously on the postgrad national team, but um, just playing with the guys that that were coming in would would definitely take my game to the next level. And um, being on the postgrad national team this year was unbelievable experience. Like probably the best team I've ever played with. Um, we had four four guys in the top 100 um so yeah just playing with those guys every day um so yeah our, our starting our starting lineup was was ridiculous we had so lynn Greer going to dayton brandon murray going to lsu benny williams syracuse charles alabama efton who, who's committing soon who's a five star um and not only that but then we had great guys coming off the bench like Harvey going to Wagner, Nick going to um, Merrimack, um, Casey, who's a three-star. We got um, Dante going to Mount St. Mary. So this team, this team was just stacked. Um, and just training every day against these guys was, um, it was almost like a war because it was just, you had to give, give your all or you're getting, you're getting dunked on or you're getting burnt. Or, um, and it, it was just a great year to develop. Um, uh, during the year I had to take classes because unfortunately I'm on a student visa. So if yeah. I didn't take classes, <laughs> I'd get kicked out of the country. 
<laughs> I, I remember that. I remember I was in the same boat. Yeah. Um, what classes were you taking? Um, so I took forensic science, uh, robotics, contemporary lit, and uh, international relations. You had some fun so, classes. Yeah, just just simple classes to to get get through the year. I remember uh, we had a on, on my team we had an Israeli kid. And that should be giving him away, but I'm not going to say his name. But he was taking seventh grade English right. as one of his classes, despite being almost 20 years old. Yeah. <laughs> but I just wanted to see if you were taking real classes or if I could burn yeah. you for taking some baby classes right there. Well, uh, the problem was I wanted to take, I, I, I opted to take like four different art classes. <laughs> I didn't even but, know IMG had four art classes, but I was yeah. there. There was only three. And then, and then I went to the college counselor, and she was just like, "Yeah, that's not happening." Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I was definitely kicking the gut because like I was just trying to get it, get out. Um, I get that. Yeah, obviously the post grad year, you're trying to focus on basketball as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, those four classes weren't hard at all. Um, just had something like a 3.9 GPA through those. Okay, big flexor. Through those four classes, so <laughs> pretty easy on, on the uh, education side. Mm. Uh, for the for working with the the post grad year, obviously working against those guys and against some of the higher level competition at IMG, it helps improve you. I just wanted to know what were you doing for the during the pandemic because there were a lot of guys that well not a lot, only a few guys actually got trapped on campus so did you go back to live with your family for a bit were you back in australia were you stuck there with josh and musa like yeah so we didn't want to go to um australia because we, we were worried that the um the borders would get locked and we'd get locked out of the country and obviously um dad's job is here so that's our source of income <laughs> Um, so we, 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 we chose to stay here. Um, and because I was an off campus student, IMG didn't let me come on campus for a long time. So I, I basically teamed up with, um, uh, another guy who's, um, who wasn't allowed on campus, Nick Mylonis, who's, uh, at St. Thomas right now. Um, and we, we would go to like outdoor courts in Bradenton and, um, <laughs> just work out in like the uh, 100 degree sun and uh so that, that was uh it was definitely a, a, like a, a sweaty time um, uh so and but then the was, like, sorry i said the time must have been looking nice though oh yeah well it wasn't that bad <laughs> <laughs> and then uh me uh obviously with my dad's um job at img he, he was uh, able to snuck sneak a few weights out of the out of the weight room uh, and, and bring them home uh, so that I, awesome. I have a own mini weight room in the backyard um but then eventually img um was picking back up picking itself back up and they allowed so many people on campus um and then they they were allowing summer camps and stuff so Started going on campus, um, was working out with Josh and Musa. Um, <laughs> that, that, was, that was a fun time. Uh, something like se- seven or eight weeks, just just probably there was like a group of like five of us who, who were consistently there. And then mm. like, kids were just rolling in and out from all over the shop. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a hard time 
because there's a lot of unknowns at the time. There was a lot of um, insecurity about what's next with the world and um, mm-hmm. what's next with school, what's next with um, uh, the next year's um, basketball. Um, and they, they built the dome at IMG um, for because they had the WNBA um, come in and train, uh, train at IMG. Um, so we're, we're in the dome for a long time. They didn't let any like pickup games run because of COVID concerns. Um, so we're, we're pretty much just doing skill work for, for four weeks. Um, and then they weren't, weren't allowed to have too many people in the weight room. So we're outside most of the time as well. So it was, it was just, it was a, it was a hard time. It definitely tested how committed you are to, to basketball. Um, but it was all worth it because once we were allowed back into the, um, the IMG facilities, once the WNBA left, um, I, obviously things weren't normal, but there was a bit more um, like sense of comfort. Um, mm. And that's when training started to really pick up. That's when the games started beginning. Um, just everything just came back to normal. And um, now, now we're here. Yeah. How has IMG been with the COVID protocols? They've been good. Um, they do it at school. They have um, like mascot policy. Um, they try their best to, to social distance. Um, with basketball, it's only like um, one group at a time uh, in the weight room. And then you have basically they just call them pods. So basically your pod is your team. And you, you don't interact too much with other people um but yeah for, for the most part they've been really good uh, yeah mm-hmm. i'm not shocked i was just curious what they were doing yeah <laughs> obviously with uh the teenage years it, it's, it's sometimes hard to keep some kids in check but oh yeah yeah it's gotta but, be a but, mess for the most part the staff members are, are doing a good job mm. uh, hold up so there's been a there's been a recent movement of american players making the move to the NBL, most famously LaMelo Ball and RJ Hampton. But I know there was – his name escapes me, but uh, someone who's going to the draft just went to the NBL this year to finish off their season. You're doing the opposite. You come. You came to America. Yeah. <laughs> have, you made, have you looked at the, at the chance of just going, going home and playing in the NBL, or are you committed to going to American college? Um, I'm, def- I'm definitely committed to going to American college. Um... The NBL, the, those pathway programs um, for the young players going in, they're usually for the, um, like the real top players at what we call the AIS, which is the um, Australian Institute of Sport, which is like where the most elite athletes go to train and live. Mm. Um, so a good example would be Josh Giddy, who's um, he, he's the same age as me. I, I played him growing up. Um, oh, that's awesome. We need to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so now he's playing with the Adelaide 36s um, and he's, ha- he's having a great year. Um, six, seven something point guard. Um, yeah. And yeah, he, he's having a great year, probably going to be the rookie of the year. And he's declared for the NBA draft and will most likely be the top 20, top 15 pick. Um, almost definitely a lottery pick yeah absolutely. something surprising that guy's going lottery yeah um that guy he, he yeah he, he's 
he's a great player. Um, so to be a young player getting into the NBL is definitely super hard um, because now, now with obviously Lamelo and RJ giving um, the NBL so much attention, a lot of um, foreign people, Americans mostly, are coming to play. Um, so the uh, the amount of talent in the NBL now is um, astronomical compared to like say eight years ago. Mm. Um, and the NBL has embraced it. Um, they've created um, the NBL One League, which is like um, the equivalent to like the G League here, mm. um, <laughs> which gives um, like young young players the ability to uh, to get their progression going, get to the next step of um, their basketball careers. Can you talk a little bit more about playing against Josh Giddy? I had no idea you would, you would play it against him. I, I, I had not put the two and two together that you guys probably played a bunch growing up. Yeah. At what, you know, when did you play it? Let's start with when did you play him? So it started in under 12s. Um, hmm. He played for the Melbourne Tigers. I played for the Kilo Thunder. Um, he, we play, we both made the Victoria State team, which is like a big deal in Australia. That's the like the highest level of basketball you can play at. Um, so that was that was the first time we we played together as a team. And then, um, growing up, it was always like we would always play each other in the finals for for the um, the state tournament which is um, a big deal. Um, it's actually a video on YouTube if you want to go look of a 14-year-old us going at it. I, uh, I, we, we might need that for the I, for the Instagram, just warning you. We might need to copy <laughs> that video. Yeah. So, um, he, yeah, he's always been a great competitor to play against. Um, obviously, when we were that young, he, he's not as tall as, uh, as he was nowadays. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he, he was always fun to play against. Um, another great talent was like Tamari Wigness, um, who's playing for the um, Brisbane Bullets, which is another NBL team. He's he's from Queensland though, so didn't play him as much. Only played him at the the national tournaments. Um, so all, all of the um, the pathway guys in the NBL, I, I've I've come up against them one point or another. That's um, so cool. He is. Yeah, we, mm. we, me and Chaz might have played Lou Dort at some point. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but. <laughs> oh, <I laughs> you know. Definitely played Lou Dort here and there. He's, uh... At some point. You know, we don't have the flex of, yeah, and we played a, t a lottery pick. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, last Josh Giddy question before I move on. Is he a nice guy? It's my favorite question to ask. Is he a nice um, guy? When he was younger, he wasn't that great. But now that he. <laughs> grown up i think he's he's become very mature and okay. he's become a lot mm. better um <laughs> yeah he, he, there was one year um under 16 which was a really big year for um for basketball in australia you make uh the state team which is like the victoria team and mm. giddy actually didn't make it um he was um and that that was basically um I think, and I think he also says it as well, um, that that was like the year that like flipped a switch for him. Um, mm. That was the year he, he, he started to really like attack working hard. And um, 
you could see it. You can definitely see it in the way he played, the way he he, he um, conducted himself. Um, that 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 was probably a blessing in disguise for him. <laughs> his little his Michael Jordan getting cut from the the varsity team yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I didn't make the all nation team. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that, I that's that's interesting. I didn't I did not know about that. Hmm. That is an interesting story that I don't think anyone has talk, talked about before. Talking about interesting stories, I want to talk. I want to go back to you. We, we fell off of you. I want to talk about you again. I want to talk about recruiting. You and I have been texting about it. I, I, I want. I was wondering if you could tell, let us know where you're looking right now. What what's what's going on in the recruiting of Oscar Barry right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I picked up a um an offer from a Division Two Mercyhurst. Um, super solid program. Great great coach um but i uh i gave them the opportunity to um to look elsewhere because i wasn't ready to commit at the time um but yeah i, I keep in contact with them they're, they're great people um there uh, but right now um the leading schools in my recruitment are probably fairly dickinson and ut martin mm-hmm. but um at the same time with with the pandemic going on um no one really knows um how many scholarships are going to have available especially with 1500 dudes in the transfer portal um they um there's a lot of uncertainty um the director brian nash is doing a great job still still talking to um a lot of schools uh on my behalf so right now recruitment's still open but um hopefully nearing an end point soon. And what are you hoping to find in a school when you're making that decision? What are, what are the factors that, that, that are the um, biggest for you? I've been asked this question a few times and I like to like to pin it down to the three categories um, of, um, am I going to enjoy the basketball program? Like, is the coach a good guy? Is, uh, is the culture good? Mm. Um, uh next one's like the location um when i say that i i'm i'm not from the u.s so it's not like i have a hometown um so anywhere anywhere is good for me it's just and then i also like to look at um the academics i don't want to study something that i'm not interested in for four years Mm -hmm. um definitely i i wanted to um just just study something that i really enjoy and something that that I could possibly do after after playing college for, for four years. What are you What are you interested in? Um, I like architecture. Is one. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so so like, no disrespect for wanting to take four art courses. Then that's totally yeah like, yeah. On brand. I'm, I'm actually pretty good at art. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I like I like the design aspects of things. Um, that's one, and then I'm also pretty good with numbers. So um mm. statistics related subjects um are, are pretty interesting to me speaking of statistics I, I watched some of your your highlight tape from this season and saw a couple of your your shooting splits you really shoot that pill lights out can you talk about what what you want to bring to a college program and what you think you can bring to the building that that can elevate and help make a team better than than where they're at right now yeah absolutely um before we get to like what I can produce on court. I always like to call myself like the culture guy. 
like it make make it my mission to like say what's up to everyone make sure i know everyone's name um pick people up when they're down like create the energy in the room um and uh that 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 was on full display my senior year when, when i won the ascend award Woo. yeah yeah Woo. displaying all the all the ascender values <laughs> at img so um yeah definitely definitely culture's a a big a big part of who i am and um mm. and then when when we get onto the court um i like to talk obviously i i've got the shot um <laughs> And I, and I can shoot uh, consistently, but um, I, I like to think of myself as one of the most adaptable people on the court. Um, I can guard multiple positions. I can um, I can play either in a system basketball team or in a um, or in a like a, a like a player first team where where the players have the freedom to do what what they want to do. Um, mm-hmm. That also comes defensively as well, whether we're in man to man or zone. Um, when I say adaptable, that's all that comes basically hand in hand with, uh, coachable. So, um, I, I kind of make it my mission to be like the, uh, the least told off person in the team. So, uh, yeah. One, one, one of my favorite quotes is like, um, like good players learn from their mistakes, but great people, uh, great players learn from other people's mistakes. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I, I love to live by that quote and, um, just just gather as much information as i can from uh whenever the coaches speak whenever even my teammates speak just uh anything i can get uh i try to listen to Mm. hugely important and i just wanted to say too along with that it's sort of a two-part question is is there something you're doing this off season or or what are you going to be working on to to really bring your game to the next level that you're going to try to implement or are putting towards to be able to to play at a high level when you get to the college level next season? Yeah, um, I think with not knowing what college I'm going to yet, um, it gives me the opportunity to just work on every aspect of my game um, and just try and develop every every part of what makes me a good player to the to the best of my ability. And um, I think once the season ended this year. Um, obviously I came off the bench for that, for that unbelievable starting five. Um, mm. so my role was more of a, um, like a catch and shoot shooter, um, create for the bigs. Um, and then now the season's ended and we're playing more pickup style games. Um, that gives me the opportunity to, to like work on my game even more. Mm. Um, and I, I've I've seen the benefits to that um, past four weeks. I've really like hit a rhythm um, in, in my basketball game, and um, mm. I've just uh, pretty much taken my my game to the next level. And um, basically, this summer I'll, I'll just be working on my body uh, more than anything. I, I just wanted to say when uh, when when Chaz mentioned numbers, there's uh, one play in your huddle highlight tape. Where uh, the score in indicated by the uh, scoreboard is one hundred and eighty to sixty-two. Okay, now that that was that was a glitch. I just I just wanted to <laughs> I just wanted to confirm I just I wanted to confirm that you guys are not that mean and that good at shooting. Yeah, we're 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 pretty mean, but we're not that unbelievable. <laughs> I, 
I, he sent he sent it to our group chat. He's like, so glitch or not? I'm like, he said glitch or not. And then I was trying to find the score, and I was like, okay, maybe it'll be like 120 to 40, and that might not be a glitch. And then I was like 180. I'm like, yep, that's that's a glitch. That is wrong. Um, so you you've been looking at colleges for this is my last question I've written unless Chaz has one more. You pretty much started looking at colleges two years ago as a junior. You've been in this college selection process basically forever now. How have your expectations and desires changed since day one? Day mm -hmm. one, junior year. Um, so junior year, I wasn't like, um, I wasn't completely focused on getting to the college level. Um, it was like, um, let's just have a great progression year and then hopefully... Um, if, if I play well enough, th those opportunities will arise. And then um, going into my senior year, that's when uh, um, recruitment and the next step really became a, um, a center focus. Um, so always commuting, um, communicating with coaches like Dan Bardo, who, who was a great resource that year. Um, uh, just like trying to get my name out there as much as possible. Um, and then post-grad year, obviously super disappointed that senior year got cut short senior year. I didn't have the opportunities that I believed that, um, that I should have had, um, uh, post-grad was that, that, that's the one goal you do post-grad for is, is, to, uh, get, get, get to the next level. And, um, like obviously you have that, that, that one idea of winning the national championship, but in the back of everyone's mind, it's, it's what, what can I do to um, get to that next level? Mm. No, no one does a post-grad year to get extra high school classes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> my, my last question before we close it out, if you want to, John, was just, you mentioned the location before, and obviously you're from Australia, moved to Florida me and john both live in canada have you ever seen snow <laughs> um i have but i can also count on my hands how many times okay. <laughs> so so the cold weather have you ever really played basketball in like a cold weather environment and yeah yeah i have um okay. i went to new york for for a trip um which was fun um in Australia, it doesn't snow, but obviously it, it, it can get to like, um, mm -hmm. like, like five degrees Celsius. So it, it's don't worry. Still... We, we all speak Celsius on this podcast. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so definitely, it, it still definitely gets, um, still gets okay. um, and then with my brother living in Pittsburgh, um, I'll, I've been exposed to, to the cold weather there. Yeah. Okay. Just, just had to be sure, you know, for, yeah. from someone who's seen way more snow than I think I ever need to in my life. I just wanted to make sure that you, you got to see a little bit. From someone who's shoveled more pounds of snow than I'll ever need to in my life. Um, okay. I, 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 I forgot to write the question down. I'm going to ask Oscar, do you have any hobbies outside of basketball? Hobbies outside of basketball. Um, I do like gaming. Uh, what are you playing nowadays? I was a big Warzone guy. Um, I've taken a little break because it, it got addicting. But uh, uh, yeah, for, for the most part, Warzone. Um, mm. Another hobby is uh, coming back to the art aspect. Um, I actually customize shoes. 
Hang on, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a little taste. Oh, go for it, go for it. There we go. See, I, I got I got a few pairs that I think I eventually want to get custom. So, so maybe we'll have to. Oh wow. Ooh. Okay. okay. Audio Damn. viewers, you will have to tune into the Instagram to see that. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm nice with the paintbrush. <laughs> All right. I like the way you put that. Uh, Oscar, this has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Is there anything you want to say before we close this up? No, nah, all good. Pleasure's all mine. Pleasure having you on, my man. And th thank mm -hmm. you so much for coming. It means the world to have you on. To all our listeners, please keep liking, subscribing, rating, reviewing. It, it really helps us out every single time. Every single time you send it to one of your friends. All that, it, it really gets us. It, it, it helps. Please don't stop doing that. And until next time, thank you for, thank you for tuning in to Ball Talk. It's ball talk, it's ball talk, baby, 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 baby.